Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is People Every Day. Coming up, breaking down Katie Couric's bombshell new book and People interview, and how she's ruffling more than a few feathers in the media world. Plus, William Shatner leaves Earth and lives to tell about it. Paul McCartney takes a dig at the Rolling Stones. And Adele teases even more about her new album. It's October 13th. Hello, hello. This is People Every Day, and I'm your host, Janine Rubenstein. It is Woman Crush Wednesday, so I'll start off with one woman who has all of our hearts, Adele, who has just announced even more about her highly anticipated new album. It's called 30, if you didn't already know, but you probably could have guessed from precedent, and it will be out on November 19th. We've got a date, and we've got context. She shared in her post that this album was her friend through a difficult past couple of years. which we know included the breakup of her marriage and her divorce. She writes, It was my ride or die throughout the most turbulent period of my life. When I was writing it, it was my friend who came over with a bottle of wine and a takeaway to cheer me up. She adds, I've painstakingly rebuilt my house and my heart since then, and this album narrates it. Talk about good marketing, okay? Can't wait to hear it and make her friend my friend. And quickly, since we're on the topic of music, Paul McCartney is not making any new friends in the Rolling Stones. Thanks to an interview he gave to The New Yorker, the Beatles star said, quote, I'm not sure I should say it, but they're a blues cover band. That's sort of what the Stones are. I think our net, referencing the Beatles, was cast a bit wider than theirs. Oof. Burn. No love lost between those iconic groups. And speaking of the Stones, who are currently out on their No Filter tour, the band has notably not been playing their 1969 song, Brown Sugar, which references slavery in lyrics like, Hear him whip the women just around midnight. Brown sugar, how come you taste so good? Keith Richards seems to be perplexed by why they chose to nix the song, telling the LA Times, didn't they understand this song was about the horrors of slavery? But they're trying to bury it. Mick Jagger, on the other hand, said, we've played Brown Sugar every night since 1970, so sometimes you think we'll take that one out for now and see how it goes. We might put it back in. Hmm. Well, moving on to a story that's so simple and makes me so happy. Captain Kirk went to space today, guys. (laughs) Star Trek alum William Shatner's dreams came true as he became the oldest person to go to the beyond. The 90-year-old star and space enthusiast took a ride out of this atmosphere on Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin New Shepard NS-18, and he could not have been happier. He even got emotional. Take a listen. What you have given me 
is the most profound experience I can imagine. I'm so filled with emotion about what just happened. I, I just, it's extraordinary. As someone who interviewed Shatner on the show not too long ago, his space theories run deep. Aliens have visited Earth in the past, are here in the present, and will come back in the future. So aliens are among us. I I know how geeked he was for this. I am happy for him. Lastly, I'm also super happy for Zendaya and her boyfriend co-star, Tom Holland. We're getting a little more about their bond thanks to her new in-style, best-dressed cover interview that's out now. And oh my God, this woman is stunning. But I digress. (laughs) In the article, she talks about her boo, Tom. She says, there are many things, obviously, that I appreciate. Wink, wink. (laughs) But she said, quote, in an actor way, I appreciate that he really loves being Spider-Man. It's a lot of pressure. You take on the role of a superhero wherever you go. To the little kid who walks by, you are Spider-Man. She added, I watched him do a fight scene all day, which is exhausting. He'd do a move, come back to the monitors, watch it and say, I can do that better. I'd be like, dude, you got it. But he wants us to be perfect. And I really appreciate that. My niece would argue they are perfect on screen and off. (laughs) All right, guys, time to dig into this week's cover story because it is especially good. It features veteran journalist Katie Couric, who sat down with us just days before the drop of her buzzed about new book, Going There. It's hitting shelves very soon. And boy, does she go there. You've probably seen headlines from leaked excerpts, which touch on a lot, including what she knew about her former Today co anchor, Matt Lauer, as well as comments she made about industry heavyweights like Diane Sawyer, Deborah Norville, and Les Moonves. Critics point to the book as evidence that Couric is a bully. Supporters say it highlights both the challenges women face in the industry and her dark sense of humor. I say we should just go there with people's Kim Hubbard, who's read the book and interviewed Katie Couric for this week's cover story. Hi, Kim. Hi, Janine. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So there's there's much ado about Katie Couric's book. And, I, you know, I haven't read it, but the headlines are giving me the newsroom meets morning show vibes, but in real life. <laughs> I feel like I can preemptively call it a bestseller. But before we get into the specifics, what did you think? Like, did anything in particular surprise you? It's a great book. It's a really good read. You will not be able to put it down. Um, I think maybe what surprised me was how candid she was, both mm. about, you know, her coworkers and about herself. She would, you know, talk, say things that she thought she should have done differently or... She is just very open and and humorous. I like that. Yeah, I hate when they're like, oh, no, I have no regrets. Everyone does. And <laughs> well, she's talking about it. <laughs> although she did say she had not too many regrets. So oh, kind of, you know, kind of straddling the line. <laughs> straddling the line. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into it. A huge part of the book is Katie's career. So she talks about coming up as a young woman at CNN and recalls a time when she was harassed. And she talks about the competition among women in the news industry and digs at former colleagues. So walk us through some of the highlights of her career and what she had to say about the low points. Yeah, so her career, she, one of the high points, I guess, was probably the first big job she got, which was at ABC. And what surprised me was she just talked her way into it. She applied, she was like just out of college or something, and they weren't, they weren't getting back to her. And she just walked into the building, like pretended she belonged there and walked up and basically said, I have an appointment. And they were like, who are you? And then she just, they just let her in and she got the job. 
So wow. she, she had chutzpah from the very beginning. Um, <laughs> and it worked. It, um, and obviously the highest point was getting the Today job. And she was suddenly overnight famous. And she talked. I thought this was interesting. She said what she liked best was that it made New York City feel like a small town, that she, everywhere she would go, people would be like, hi, Katie. Hi, hi, Katie. And she felt like she was living in Mayberry or something all of a sudden. <laughs> nice. And then those low points. So take us into what she talks about harassment. The harassment was at CNN. It was somebody named Ed Turner, no relation to Ted Turner, who was, I think she was, there was a meeting and she had walked in and he said to everyone, here's Katie and her, you know, she's great and her success is due to this, this and this, and also her breast size. And mm. <laughs> this was, wow. I think, in the 80s. Yeah. So people tended to say things like that more often then. Mm-hmm. But she reacted very strongly, and she had a boss who said, that's unacceptable, let's write him a memo, he can't talk to you like that. So she did, she wrote him an email, and, and he apologized. And she said she thought that set the tone for how she dealt with things like that later on in her career. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then what about... The digs, the former colleagues, like what are some of the the bigger moments from the book where you were like, oh, she said that? Well, if she says, and she is right, she has a point that they were taken out of context. They mm. just, they took out the just little, like if they had read the rest of the sentence, it doesn't sound quite so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, Deborah Norville, she said that her relentless perfection um, did not appeal to morning viewers who were like just, you know, were just getting dressed and didn't want to look at someone so beautiful. But she said, <laughs> but she said, you know, I also go on to say how smart she was, how gracious and what a good interviewer. And that is true. She said all mm-hmm, those other mm-hmm. things. So it's the totality is not quite as bad as the leaks make it seem. Beyond, you know, Deborah, she she talks about Diane Sawyer and their rivalry that they had going on. But also what's getting a lot of pickup is what she says about Ashley Banfield. So take me into that. She was felt very threatened by Ashley Banfield when she came to NBC because she said she wanted needed to protect her turf and there was always a younger woman that she had to keep her eyes open for people who might be have their eyes on her job. And mm. she said in the book she says that she had heard that Ashley's father was saying she sh- that Ashley should replace Katie to anyone who would listen. To me she said that, that Ashley was going around saying she was going to replace Katie. Oh. Ashley, of course, you know, countered that her father had not said that. But Katie stands by the fact that she did feel threatened and that there was nothing wrong with that. It was very human for, especially in those days, it, in an industry where sexism was rampant and they pitted women against each other. And so if you had a high-profile job and there weren't too many of them, you had to, you had to be careful. And she said it didn't bring out my generous side. Got it. So she was more so a product of her environment, not that she was creating Cor- that environment. Yes, she was correct. kind of caught up in it. She says, you know, Got I it. wish it hadn't been the environment, but it was. Next up, more on Kim Hubbard's no-holds-barred sit-down with Katie Couric, including what Couric says she knew and didn't know about Matt Lauer. Stick around. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Everyone, I am back now with People Editor at Large, Kim Hubbard, discussing Katie Couric's new tell-all. So, Kim, let's talk about Matt Lauer. In the book, Katie writes that she didn't know that Lauer was a sexual predator, though she did call him a player, telling you in part that there is, quote, a duality in human beings and that sometimes they don't let you see both sides. So how did she respond to your follow-up questions? You asked her about a producer who flagged an inappropriate email to her. You also asked about the fact that their offices were next to each other. So what did she say? So the story about the producer, um, the producer told her about an email that Matt had sent to this producer by mistake, clearly, to a younger associate producer who had the same last name. Mm. And the email talked about spreading butter on her thighs and that skirt that comes off so easily. And so Katie and the producer were shocked and and disappointed But Katie said she thought it was a one-off and that she did not talk to the young woman who it was addressed, who she believed it was addressed to, because she said in those days, the idea of what was a consensual relationship were different than they are now. And no one thought Mm -hmm. about that as, you know, being predatory. It just seemed like, oh, he's unfaithful. For sure. So, so. You also asked about that that office situation. So she she stood by the fact that she knew nothing, or at least in the context of the period and the time, she it, nothing clicked to her. That's but, right. That's what she says. And and in terms of their offices being next to each other, she said yes. So obviously he had to be incredibly secretive. He didn't want anyone to know, and and they didn't. He did a mm. good job of it. Yeah. And one headline was that like he never felt pervy in my, or he was never pervy in my presence. Correct. She she says that. Wow. (laughs) She goes there. She goes there. She totally goes there. Because she also really liked him. They had a warm professional relationship and he was respectful to her, she says. Well, one thing that surprised me about your interview with Katie was how candid she was about her past struggles with bulimia. So what did she say about her eating disorder in the past? And what did she tell you about her ongoing struggles with body image today? She, her eating disorder was when she was really young. It was in college age time about for seven or eight years. And she had grown up in a family where, you know, the her sisters were dieting, her mother was dieting. Um, there was a lot of pressure just in society to be rail thin, she says. And so mm-hmm. she she did. She had bulimia for that period. And she said she cured it herself or, you know, somehow just got through it. Went to a counselor once, she said, but mainly she just got scared when she realized how dangerous it was. And when, and when Karen Carpenter died, 
after years of anorexia from heart failure. Failure. She said that just really like scared her straight. Yeah. She she, she completely changed after that. So now she's in a much better place, or or she's still struggling with some things. She's in a much better place. She said food definitely still has an outsized place in her consciousness, but it's much better than it used to be. She said, "I never weigh myself." When I when I go to the doctor, I don't look at the scale. I stand out so I don't have to see it. So it's still obviously, mm. you know, part yeah. of her, in her mind. But she says it's gotten yeah. a lot better and she tries to eat healthy and she tries to do the right thing. It's not, it's not anywhere near the way it was when she was young. Nice. And so also she got into her relationship. So remind us about her first husband and, and what happened to him and, and, and how she is now. Sure. In the her- love department. <laughs> In the love department. Don't laugh at my corniness. In the love department, Kim. Put it to her. Katie, how are you in the love department? Um, So her husband, um, Jay, died when he was just 42 of colon cancer. And they had two little girls. It was really just so heart-wrenching. And she definitely teared up while she was talking about it, even now. So that was just a, a such a horrible, sad situation. And she also says in the book that they had been actually having marriage challenges before he got sick. And I asked her if she thought the marriage would have lasted. And she said, I don't know. I hope so. And I would have tried to make sure it did. So she's married now, right? Yes. She remarried someone named John Molnar, who um, helps her run her company, Katie Couric Media. He has two kids and she has two kids. They have a blended family. She's happily married again. Nice. And so Katie is going to be on today, next week, uh, where she'll be interviewed by Savannah Guthrie. And we'd seen reports that a similar Gail King interview was scrapped at CBS because she dug into execs in the book. So did she say anything about that in the interview? Like, should she be nervous to kind of come face to face with some of the people that she's, you know, talked all about? She did not say anything about it in the interview to me. I'm sorry. Um, I I think she probably should be nervous. <laughs> but you know she she does not think she said anything wrong. She thinks if you put it in context, it all makes sense. You know, like about Diane Sawyer, she says we respected each other. It's so I think it's really funny that the media is portraying it as if we were at each other's throats. So I think she feels confident that she stands by her opinions and they're not mean. She did make sure to say, I said, do you think you ever contributed to the view that people sometimes had that you were a bully or demanding? And she said, I sometimes might have been hard driving. I felt responsibility to keep the show on top, but I was never mean. That was People's Kim Hubbard on this week's cover star, Katie Couric, and her new book, Going There. For more on this story, head over to People.com. And now, before you go, something to make you smile. Today, here at People, we named our 2021 World's Cutest Rescue Dog winner, presented by Pedigree. The honor went to an adorable dog with an infectious smile and a name that makes it impossible for you not to go, aww. (laughs) So out of a pool of 10,000 rescues submitted, three-year-old Heaven, who's a mutt from St. Charles, Illinois won first place. Her prize includes a year's supply of dog food and a $1,000 donation to the animal rescue of her and her human's choice. Some of her favorite activities include a fun-filled day at the playground, going down the slide, being pushed in the baby swing, and spinning on the merry-go-round. She found her human, Jackie Rakers, while at Starfish Animal Rescue in 2019. And for Rakers, Heaven has been a constant reminder to enjoy life down here on Earth. 
She gets up in the morning and she just she appreciates the little things. She is just happy. Such a sweet story. Now, let me go find my little rescue, Clooney, and give him some love today. All right, I will talk to you all tomorrow. 